Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shalom, Leontine. Hey, Alan. Shavua Tov. Thank you. A good week to you. Yeah, How are you? I'm pretty good. A good week to yeah. you. Did you have a good week? Yeah, very good week. Anything um, uh, Anything newsworthy for our listeners? Uh, <laughs> not for the, our listeners, really. It's not, I, uh, not really. What do you mean, not for the listeners? No, that I know. We're doing this for the listeners. But uh, just... So I had um, uh, four clients... Uh, a while ago one of them was uh, not not well he was actually ill uh, and he was very 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 tired and by the time we got to the church of the holy sepulchre i i was afraid that uh, he was not going to make it and he was my client was definitely not going into the church where it was very busy and warm and everything and you know it's difficult to find a place to sit there are steps in front of the church of the holy sepulchre but it was full That's where people. your friend, uh, uh, the guy with the Jerusalem complex that you say doesn't have the Jerusalem complex. Yes, he wasn't there. He wasn't What's there. What's his name? Joseph? I say James. Joseph. James. 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 Uh, but so I saw the whole, all the steps were busy with people, tourists. And one of the person people that was sitting there was Johnny. <laughs> and I could see it was his group. So I, I went to him and I said, oh, Johnny, how are you? And I said, listen, I have this client who is so tired. He really needs to sit. Do you think you could ask your group to push a little bit and to make him room? And I said, no, but I am going to uh, to give my place to them. And so he got up and gave. And I don't know, which I, I would have done the same, of course, but I just thought it was so sweet. Uh, it's always nice when you are working to bump into people you know and you like. And if they can help you or you can help them, then it's even nicer. So Do you remember that Johnny used to carry the bags of the uh, older people in our course? Yes, Johnny and Rezik. Yeah. Rezik, yes. They would even, I, I think, them. carry them on yeah. their backs. Yeah, they yeah. were. And they, the, the older people would hold us up. And I, I, I have to say I was not very nice because I would always go in front to make sure I didn't miss a word of what was said because I was so afraid not to, uh, to pass the exams. Uh, so I didn't really care about the older people, <laughs> and, and they did, and they they also passed the exam. So there is a justice, right? That is justice. <laughs> exactly, justice, they deserve it. No, no, wonderful. And how was your week? It was a great week. This week, uh, I guided a British group for the. Fr I've never had a British British group. Have you guided British the British? Uh, in France, yes. It was a new experience <coughs> for me because yeah, they're it's very different. they're very stoic. Yes. So I kind of had to teach them my. Uh, oh. American <laughs> sense of humor, uh, uh, but I think I broke through to them. It's almost like guiding my Chinese. Okay. If I have a 10-day tour with a Chinese group, I spend nine days teaching them how to laugh at my jokes. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what I did with the British. But we did have a, an incident on Masada. Oh. Yeah. So we were walking. Uh, we, we went up uh, to Masada by the cable car, and we were walking. I, it was a group of 42 
you know, it's like herding cats. Yeah. And we got to the area where the ostraca are, you know, the 10, yes, the yes. 10 lots that they drew. And there's that little ramp that you have to walk up the ramp. You, did you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, of course. And this woman, uh, she was in her 60s, late 60s. She didn't see the ramp and she fell and oh. gashed her leg. I mean, it was... <laughs> it was uh, like that. It was a long, deep, wide gash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's on blood thinners, and she's bleeding all over the place. You have a lot of problems like this, anyway. That's my only my second. <laughs> only yes. my second. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, but it was like one of those, another one of those movements where you have to kind of, okay, what do we do? We, okay, we need a little tourniquet. We need somebody have a, does somebody have a... Uh, a scarf. Ah, you need a tourniquet? Uh, and yes, all? Oh, and you need wow. to put pressure on the place. And we need, laid her down and lifted her lev- leg up. Uh, and um, we had one doctor in the group, but he was a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was, he wasn't, no use. he wasn't a whole lot of help. No. Uh, I called the, the manager of the, of the uh, well, actually I didn't have the number. You know, no. when you call Masada, yeah. it doesn't go right to the manager. No, it goes to so the I called, machine. So I called yeah. M- Mata. I called yes. Mata, yeah. uh, Mug and David Adome, the yeah. ambulance service. They were incredible. And they called the manager for me. Mm-hmm. And they got up there with uh, the, with a cart and uh, carried her off the mountain. Oh. Uh, took her down and sent her by ambulance to uh, to Hadassah Hospital. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> on, on, on Mount Scopus. It was so, it was so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She needed, uh, she needed like 15 stitches. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, of course, she was on blood thinner, so that was my biggest concern. Yeah. I mean, we, we stabilized her. We got the, the, the bleeding to stop, uh, and she, she was great. She was amazing, mm-hmm. um, and the group leader was amazing. Uh, the group leader went with her to yeah. the hospital, and we got her stabilized, and, you know, the show must go on, so we continued the tour. Wow. Uh, but another, another one for the books, and I thanked her. I said, yeah. thank you, because now you give me another story to tell. <laughs> She must have been very happy about it. So, Ellen, what is this noise here? So, ah, so we're we're recording today uh, from a compound that's called the Hansen House, Beit Hansen. Hansen House. Hansen. Hansen. You say Hansen, not yeah, Hansen. Hansen. I say Hansen. No, Hansen. Hansen. You say tomato, I <coughs> say tomato. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting here and we're looking around. Uh, there are a lot of uh, young kids here, a lot of students from the Betzalel Art Academy here. Uh, there's uh, several cafes, and, and it's, it's an incredible place that we're going to talk about now. So basically, in between, uh, you know, you can actually hear these in kids. In between from, your house and you my house, You can hear these kids from our house. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Uh, because in between the German colony, where uh-huh. I live, and Catamon, where you live, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Talbia, the neighborhood of Talbia, is uh, this compound with a very ominous kind of spooky wall, con- yeah. uh, kind of... Um, Stone wall, mm-hmm. uh, quite high wall that that circles encircles the whole compound, and uh, it's kind of m- looks mysterious uh, until you come in, and because it was quite it was. mysterious yes. in the day, because it was the leper colony of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. uh, and when they when they established it in the 1880s, it was actually pretty far removed and removed remote and removed from from the city. But then the city will, will grow around this uh, leper colony, which eventually becomes known as Hansen, because I don't remember his full name, but he was the man that that discovered uh, the bacteria yeah. uh, that causes leprosy, which led to the cure, not the cure, they don't have a cure of leprosy, no. to the treatment of leprosy. So we're sitting here in this uh, former leper colony, which is pretty 
uh, today it's uh, it's not so scary. It's not so spooky. It's very inviting. It is very, very nice. Yes. And uh, Leontine loves to come yes. here for the cheese. So his name was Gerhard Hansen. Gerhard Hansen. Gerhard Hansen. Um, so what I, uh, it was actually founded by uh, German Christians. That's why we'll post a picture uh, on the you front what? of the I, house. You know what? I'm, I, every time we do a podcast, ja. I, I just want to... Ja. ja. Well, now you're speaking German. Ja. Every time we do a podcast you talk and my listeners will back me back me up on this okay every time we do a podcast you said we're going to post pictures and yet you I never don't? you never post those pictures oh okay so this time i'm I holding will. you to I it will. i will i will and the last one. Yeah, yeah yeah okay i will um so um that is actually it's true what you said kind of true okay. okay i mean we post some pictures yes, but, but you never post the ones that you say you're going to that post. i say okay okay so i this one i will i will go out and take a picture as soon as we finish recording, uh, on top of the house it says "Jesus Hilfe," Jesus helps. So it was a Christian um, initiative, German Christian initiative. German pro- Protestants. Yes, because I think there was a um, there was a leprosy house in close to the old city in Mamela, close to Mamela, that was miserable and full, and uh, there was some German uh, Christian princess that came to visit. And she, she was so horrified that she decided to donate money for a new leprosy house. Now, who built it? My hero. Yes, we, we talked about it. We exactly. did it. We actually did a podcast yes. on Conrad Schick. Conrad Schick built it, so it's because uh, he was a Protestant Christian. Exactly, and he and a German speaker. He was Swiss, if I remember, but German speaking. So uh, he uh, built the house. So and he was a wonderful architect. So again, it's a very beautiful uh, house. It's like um. From the front, it looks like a country house, but then when you walk in, you have like a big courtyard, and then it looks a little a bit big, more like a I think a there's a big uh, cistern, a big cistern uh, underneath in, in the in that courtyard. Underneath, uh, yes. okay, yes, I yes. didn't know that. Okay, and um, uh, so the the when you had leprosy, so leprosy you cannot really get it from it's not like a cold you don't get it uh, because somebody is coughing in your so they when you have leprosy you need to um, be in a calm and a clean place and uh, eat healthy food and and all that so the, the here they they built this house for them but then they made them to become independent so they had their own cattle and they had their own green garden and they there were like 30 40 people living there at the time with four or five nurses i think and uh, they just lived their life here. It was not really closed, s- because again, uh, you could they got they received visitors. Uh, but I do remember that Chaim, our uh, uh, course, the leader, the person who uh, led, who coordinated the course, the tour guide course that we were in, he told us that when he was little, he was always a bit scared when he. Came I don't think I would have come to visit. No, no, no. So uh, because the people look scary, because I think when you have leprosy, there are p- parts of your body. That's fall off or something. Yeah, like I think I was yeah. afraid I, when we yeah. used to come around here and see the walls. They would have movies here in this courtyard. Yeah, and I think I was afraid even then, like oh. fifteen years ago, to enter this. No, this really? place. Yeah, it was it was okay. creepy. You know, I'll tell you how creepy it was. Yeah, you know, they did the restoration of the Orient Hotel in the German colony, mm-hmm. and that was a uh, that was a city um, sponsored way to renovate buildings, and they they did it all over town mm-hmm. and this place 
Jesus Hilfe. Jesus Hilfe. Jesus Hilfe, but mm-hmm. before it was changed to Hansen House, yeah. was going to be one of those hotels. They were going to make this building into a hotel, oh. but then the marketing person realized, how are you going to promote hmm. a hotel where, where the rooms were once uh, leper uh, a leper hospital. Really? Yeah. Okay. It didn't. It didn't uh, sit well with the marketing people. Oh, so okay. So they didn't do the project. They Which did is a bit silly. Was look at the Austrian hospice in the old city. It was uh, a hospital, and now it's an amazing. Coffee wasn't shop a, it wasn't a hospital for for lepers. No, but uh, I, well, whatever. I I wouldn't. It would not stop me from going there, but then uh, I'm not a promoter. So um so so yeah, it was a leprosy house. Until not so until like the end of the 90s or something, a long, long time. Uh, the last uh, people suffering from leprosy uh, lived here until not such a long time ago. Then it cl- and they, they, closed they were down. lepers. They were Christians, Jews, and and yeah. Muslims that, that were using this facility. Yeah, living all together in peace and harmony. And then uh, it closed. No leprosy anymore. And then it um, was actually, the last years it was, by the way, it was uh, ru- um, in, in hands of the JNF. Yeah, your people, the yeah, Kakal, they bought it. Yeah, my people, Kakal, the JNF, Jewish National Fund. And uh, then I think it's the city of Jerusalem that t- took over. And they made an um, artist place out of it. So I think that the students of Betzalel, the art academy, right? They um, can come here and come and and work here. They have workshops and expose. You have also always small exhibitions going on, lots of video. Well, they've actually put the the graduate school of of Betzalel, our art academy, is actually here. Ah, okay. So that I didn't know. Okay. And then we come here a lot because we love to eat. And there is this incredible uh, Ofanim. It's called Ofayim. 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 It's a uh, dairy. It's a goat goat farm. Goat farm, exactly in the in the in the south, I yeah, think. Yeah. And they um, have incredible cheese and yogurts, and also they sell vegetables and organic olives and very expensive organic wine and things like that. Really, quite an amazing place. And they have a, a restaurant there as well, like a tea house or. What, you, what would you call it? A restaurant? It's not really a restaurant. Are you talking about the one here? Yeah, where we just uh, Where we're sitting. Ah, uh, no, that's Ofaim. That's the restaurant. Yeah. But they also have right across from yeah. where we're, what I'm looking at right now is uh, Bar Hansen. Yeah. It's a bar. For, you know, you can come here in the evening for dinner. Mm-hmm. They have cocktails and beer and wine. And it's kind of like, uh, what do you have? Small portions. What do they call that when you tapas. have? Tapas. tapas. It's kind of a tapas restaurant. Very nice, outdoors, beautiful in this garden. Mm. And they tried to do a thing there. I'm not sure if they still have it, that it's open on Shabbat, but but you can come there because they don't, you know, they can pay ahead of time or yeah, pay or after. after. Yeah. And uh, they're not cooking anything. It's mostly stuff that's warmed up. So, um, and we, we actually have gone there several times. Diane and I enjoy coming over here to go to the, Bar Hansen, and we also love going to Ofaim. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And Shmuel and I go regularly f- to get the breakfast croissant. Ah. I get the red, he gets the green. You, They sell green and red croissants? Yeah, well, no, it's a croissant uh-huh. with uh, egg, uh, and one has tomato sauce, which makes it red. Okay. And then the other one has, I don't know, spinach or pesto that pesto. makes it green. Okay, nice, very yeah. nice, very romantic, you and Shmuel. 
you have a nice relationship. You, you and I also used to come yes. here because you're you like you you get the cheese. Now Diane's yes. also discovered it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only she buys her cheese here now pretty, ah, yes. pretty regularly. This, the cheese is amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. So it's it's like an art center. There is this in the historical building. Then you have the restaurant and the tapas bar and then there is this beautiful garden with terraces which I understand um some of the terraces are actually very old from a uh, long, 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 like hundreds and hundreds of years ago when this was apparently farmland. And uh, we are sitting uh, at the lowest terrace. And we're at the lowest terrace, but at the center, kind of at the center of the garden, yeah, is this tower right? Uh, that they built, this wooden tower, because it's also an architectural, um, they have uh, part of the Betzalel has the, teaches architecture here. So they once a year have an architectural um, festival and they built this structure. It, it rises, what do you think that is? 70, 80 meters high? Uh, it rises up. You can climb to yeah. the top. It's like uh, I would the say tower. 30, 40 maybe. It's like the Tower of Babel yeah. in, the, in the Bible. Right. Uh, why they built it other, think, uh, other than as an architectural kind of phenomenon, I have no idea. It's a Hungarian artist, I think, who made it. Uh, it's made from wood. So you'll post a picture because I don't want to promise anymore. But uh, I did go up w- uh, once or twice in the beginning, but then... Uh, did you get a nosebleed? No. You know what? It's actually, uh, it has to, um, it represents an insect or something, not uh, the Tower of Babel. So uh, I remember because I went up there and, uh, and a few times. I don't think I've ever seen an insect that looks like that. I'm looking up at it right now. It's, yes. Uh, no, no. Uh, it it maybe a big head insect. like a worm or something. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. And then, so the Hansen House, I don't know, it's really, I really like the place. It's, um, uh, it's, it's uh, artistic, you get food and wine, which is always uh, nice, which I think is, makes it even nicer. Uh, you, you, you see also a little bit what it is, um, th- like the hip and trendy Jerusalem, um, even though the restaurant is kosher, the food is kosher, it's not super religious, so it's you get a, it's really a mix, a mix, it's a, a mix. mix of people. Yeah. It's exactly in between mine and Alice, Alan's place. So we, we, I remember during COVID, we used to meet here often. Yeah. When we would go for a walk, um, so yeah, it's no, it's 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 really kind nice. of an oasis behind yes. this ominous wall. Yeah. Uh, you come in and you feel like uh, it's very hip and very exciting. Yeah. And it's surrounded across the street. It has a new hotel called the Teatron. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's named after the, the theater. theater, the Teatron of, of Jerusalem. The Jerusalem Theater is across the way. Yeah. Hartman Institute, which is a kind of a um, pluralistic uh, school, religious Jewish learning center and school, mm-hmm. is across the street. It's in a cool area, yeah. our neighborhood. Uh, exactly. And it's, uh, so we recommend it. Yes. Uh, that, that, uh, you check the schedule, you see what kind of activities are going on, or just go and have a, a bite to eat and a glass of wine. Exactly. So exactly. this week, mm-hmm. uh, we have a question. Actually, Janet, who was with my British group, asked me this question. She wanted to know, uh, when I come to Israel, should I bring shekels with me? Oh, good question. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody. That's uh, That's our show. <laughs> Okay, so uh, two things, and you can answer. Okay, my answer. Um, Dutch uh, and Americans often are a bit amazed that you cannot pay. They they expect that you, when you come here, you can pay everything in dollars or euros. 
Which, well, they're definitely not taking. They might take dollars, but they're not taking euros. No, and even if they do, you don't don't pay with dollars or euros because that you will not get the rate of the day, like the bank rate. You you will get a very bad rate for you and a good rate for the person who makes you pay. So um, second, so and and when I I then asked them, but if I go to Holland, do you think I can pay with shekels in Holland? No. So anyway, that's. Uh, a kind of a mistaken idea that the euro and the dollar can be used everywhere without a cost? No. Shekels, if the problem, I think it's, you have to have shekels with you, definitely, but the problem I have met uh, specifically this year that and last year is that uh, when people change money in their country, the banks somehow don't know that uh, Israel has new paper money and so they come here with piles and piles of they bring money. the old the old uh, yes. shekel not the new new you uh, know we have the nis the new israeli shekel yes and they changed the 20 and 50 shekels a few years ago so uh, I it's, been a, it's been a lot longer than that yes. so it's surprising that but they has still it have happened old to you but yes 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 it yes. has happened so don't bring money from uh, europe don't go to the bank in europe or in america because they don't know they just give you old money and then you're stuck they, it's don't but make sure that, that's my advice, make sure that your um, uh, uh, bank knows that you are going to Israel and make sure that your visa or whatever it is can take money from an ATM. It has to be, should be a debit card, not, not just a credit card. Right, and then already when you take already cash uh, when you arrive at the airport, don't wait until you arrive wherever you are because there are not many ATMs in the cities. And in the countryside, it's really complicated to find an ATM machine. So when you arrive at the airport, while you're waiting for your luggage to come out, you have two ATMs. Go there and take as much mu as, mu as much cash as you think you would need. Uh, and, and it's better to take a bit more than you were thinking because Israel is expensive. So you will be spending more money than you would want to, that's for sure. And um, if you forget it because you were waiting and focusing on your luggage, there are also two ATMs once you are out through customs and you are with your luggage. And But that's my advice. Don't wait until you for the next day when you you're leave the hotel because then you might not find a working ATM. So that's my advice. What is your advice? Uh, that's excellent advice. I think there's still... Um, there's still older generation, a generation really before us of people that always have to have cash on them. Uh, they feel uncomfortable without yeah. having cash. So do the I. New, the new generation. I'm, I'm older. The new generation yeah. is not, that's they not their mindset. They want to pay with their uh, clock, with their, with their watch. So those people I have told to the same thing you told them, but they just can't help themselves. They mm. go to their bank, wherever they're coming from, and they get the shekel. So if they're going to do that, make sure that you're getting the new Israeli shekel, the NIS, the new Israeli shekel. Uh, but I agree with you. Once you get off the plane, make sure you have a debit card that doesn't charge huge transaction fees because that, you're going to get the best rate in the ATM machines, first of all. And you have them when you get off the plane. You have your shekels in your hand and you're ready to go. You right. don't need to bring it with exactly. you. Exactly. And uh, yes, and it costs money, but that's because that's something that's withholding people. But uh, it does cost money, but it costs everything costs money. So yeah, but it doesn't because <laughs> the, the the money no. that costs yeah. you yeah. is uh is you, you make up for it with the rate that you're getting exactly. at the machine exactly. that you're not going to get when you go to a bank or the hotel or wherever it is that you might exactly. have to change. So it's it's okay. So it's a very good question and for once we have a very clear answer and we agree. 
Wow. Woo. <laughs> L'chaim. All right, guys. Everybody have a good week, and we'll uh, be recording in two more weeks. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musus, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer. <laughs>